you are listening to coding talks podcast with vishnu vijay this podcast is dedicated to help you understand different programming topics with a focus on microsoft.net and azure spend some time with vishnu who has more than 14 years experience in it and begin your journey to better understand different technologies that are related to cloud server or client the podcast will be available on multiple platforms and feel free to listen from any of your favorite podcast platforms right now welcome back in the last episode we were discussing on react series and this is the third series on react and the title is effectively composing components we have seen from the first and second episodes where we focused mainly on the overview of react and how the react development using uh, components can help in improving the productivity and more particularly uh, how effectively can maintain the application and all those steps we were dis- discussed in the uh, first and the second episodes and this episode we focus our thoughts on how effectively we can compose the components and create complex interfaces and that is our goal the on particular reason for the teams coming up with the uh, libraries like react and angular is how effectively we can uh, create complex interfaces because that is the trend that going on and the customers require applications or you can call web applications that uh, has a rich complex ui but at the same time uh that those interfaces should be smooth and it should be um responding effectively to user so those type of interfaces the clients demand and that's the reason why the different teams come up with the different frameworks and frameworks and libraries and we were discussing on react and react uh, has the architecture and it has the component uh, strategy where we can create different components uh, and this components are kind of a self contained thing which contain all the logic views the associated styles and everything the logic and the state and everything included in the components the state is optional though but uh, the main idea is it's a self contained unit uh, which is modular and which allows the user uh, or the developer to individually test those particular part and we have different components uh, now we need to understand how we can effectively compose the components uh, the last episode those of you have already listened the previous episode i hope uh, you already listened if you are first time listening i recommend you to listen the earlier episode as well which is available on this podcast we concluded our last episode by creating a react application using typescript 
and the steps are quite simpler uh, you can check out the past episode and can uh, the just the previous episode the second series episode and you can find out how we can create a react application using typescript um there are different languages we can use for developing react applications like the pure vanilla javascript or you can use an advanced language like typescript which is a superset language of javascript uh last episode we created a react application using the uh, create react app and we provided a flag called double slash uh, template typescript uh, sorry not double slash double hyphen template typescript which creates a react application with the typescript support so typescript is not particularly for component development and it has it is not any way directly related with react in particular but it's a great addition for react development not only for react uh, several other libraries or framework also using it um, you might know the angular is also using the typescript as the preferred language because it provides a uh, quite um, set of benefits and that is what we are going to discuss so it's like if you are not familiar with typescript uh, we have already talked a bit about typescript in the last episode if you look at the definition typescript is a kind of a language developed by microsoft a few years back and it can be thought of as a superset static implementation on top of javascript and the lead architect behind the typescript is anders hilsberg who is the same architect as of c sharp you can search about him uh, anders hilsberg and he um he is the one behind c sharp as well as this uh, typescript language the reason behind they come up with a superset language on top of javascript is is particularly to solve some of the limitations that are associated with javascript uh, many javascript developers would feel that there are certain limitations when working with javascript especially if the application gets large or the code base gets large for the developers it's hard to maintain or we can call uh, we can call the term spaghetti means the code is bit complex to understand when the code becomes much larger especially in javascript and if multiple developers are working on it things become more complex so the term spaghetti means that the code that are difficult to understand when you first time look on that code it takes a bit time to understand and even if you look multiple times still you will find it confusing because there is no static implementation on javascript so that makes things difficult to understand and you have to go through the lines one by one to understand the different parts and then ascertain okay this function is doing this function is doing that and this is returning that so it takes a lot of time and the code becomes spaghetti because multiple when multiple developers work on that they will write their code in their own way with different conventions as they like some is some sort of uh, things we can uh, sort out by implementing some standards in place and that is what the organizations are doing but still the possibility for the code becomes spaghetti and 
less maintainable is one of the limitations of javascript and the uh, team uh, in microsoft had identified that and uh, that's the reason why anders hilsberg has come up with a uh, different idea of superset on top of the uh, javascript and they call that language as typescript and so this means that the when you use pure javascript uh, i am telling about the strategies which the javascript developers use before the uh, typescript come up they were mainly using some ides but the ides won't provide a better tooling with the javascript the reason why this is that uh, the id won't able to figure out what a particular function parameter means whether is it an int or bool or something else Uh, because you if you work with javascript you may know that uh, it is difficult to understand what a particular function returns what type of value it will be return you you must have to go through the logic to find out what it's returning because the variable will which you define initially can be a string or at a point of time it can be bool and at another point of time it can be a date variable so it can change so that means you have to go through the code to understand fully what the function is returning um and maintainability issues are there so the team in microsoft had come up with an idea that if some static implementation is put on top of javascript uh, that can up to a certain level solve solve these issues or the uh, what we call the limitations and by implementing these static types it's also possible that some object oriented features can be implemented on javascript like the interface the type declaration and much more so this led the team to develop the uh, typescript and a few years back uh, it's uh, came out and then later some frameworks and libraries like the one which we are going through the react it has the uh, typescript in place and also uh, some another uh, javascript library uh, framework like uh, angular that also has included the typescript so that means that this including this including of uh, typescript will certainly provide a benefit for the developers as well as for the organization because when there is a language like typescript in place that can help Uh, the developer to be, be better productive because uh, along with an id like visual studio code or visual studio professional and with the implementation of static features in place with typescript that means the ids can better better sort out uh, the code completion and everything so that is the advantage if someone of you someone of your friends ask you so okay uh, you are using typescript in react that's fine but what's the difference what is the advantage that we would get from that so some of the advantages are uh, we already discussed but if someone is ask you about particular benefits that typescript provide you can tell them that it will provide a better tooling with the, the different ids especially the visual studio versions as well as the visual studio code and that doesn't mean it's only supported visual studio code or visual studio edi- editions it uh, supports a list of other browsers as well and you you can have the entire list from the uh, their website there is an official website of typescript language called the uh, 
typescriptlang.org you can search typescript in google or you can go directly to the url uh, typescriptlang.org which opens the official website of typescript and it provides all the documentation what all ids it supports and everything related to typescript is there in addition to that there are other uh, online tutorials as well or youtube videos are there which you can so uh, check out and can find out what all ids it support most probably uh, almost all the ids were supported by the typescript but uh, all the uh, ids uh, supports typescript Uh, visual studio code which uh, we discussed in our episodes that also definitely has the support so um it means with the help of such an id uh, the uh, that particular editor will provide better intelligence like the when you if those of you have worked with the c sharp know that when you type something Uh, the id will come up with some suggestions so that is a help for the developer so such kind of intelligence and statement completion uh, will be there when you develop code using the typescript and that is the reason uh, why it helps in developer productivity then another thing is called the refactoring so that is a different term and it means that uh, after you develop your code or if you find that your code is working properly you can still look on that code again and you can sort out some issues and you can minimize the code by refactoring it so this is the one thing which every developer at some point of time they want their code to refactor or if someone else review that code they want to refactor that code because the much refactored the code will be it's better readable and understand uh in the initial time when we write the code it's natural that the code becomes clumsy and cl- harder to read because you focused on the logic and you written but some experienced developers will have the natural ability to uh, effectively write um, uh, understandable code at first time itself but majority of others may write some clumsy codes which are harder to read first and they can look out after the code um, coding part once the coding part is completed they can look on into the code and they can easily refactor the their particular code so with javascript it's difficult pure javascript it's difficult to refactor and having a language like typescript will definitely helps you to easily refactor the code and many of the uh, ids provides that support for refactoring as well so you can so the developer you or the developer can easily refactor and the more refactored the code the better other developers will understand about it and um, they get a familiarity of what it is written by another developer and they can work on the code directly and the other some of the benefits are at the compile time itself using typescript you can identify the bugs and javascript you know that it's a kind of a runtime compilation so you need to wait for the final output time how that particular variable will behave and such things but using the typescript because of its static type included with the typescript you can identify some of the bugs at compile time itself rather than at run time then coming to another advantage is transpiling the uh, your code to different ecmascript versions so you can write your code on in typescript and you can compile to any ecmascript versions 
and that means that the code you written with the typescript will do all the hard work behind the scenes so you just write the code in typescript and when a next version of ecmascript may come out maybe in future you can easily um, convert your code to that particular ecmascript version as well that means the typescript typescript behind the scene will do the all the hard work for you uh, compiling those to ecmascripts and similarly if you want to use the newer features of the language and you want to run the browsers on older versions because many of the browsers or the users were not using the cutting edge technologies versions and what happens is you may be developing in typescript and if if you want you can you can compile your code to a particular lower version as well Uh, and that allows your code to work on lower versions as uh, well and similarly the most important thing is when a new version comes out you don't have to rewrite your code uh, the typescript behind the scenes will automatically compile that to the newer version if we want so that means you can easily port portable port your code to a newer version a newer version ecmascript so there, there are different uh standards that are coming out and ecmascript <coughs> is there so the latest version of ecmascript when it is coming out you can easily compile to that provided if you have written your code using typescript so there is a minimum version of ecmascript that you can uh, convert using the typescript and there is a maximum version but uh, prob- most probably uh, it will have compatibility with the uh, l- uh, latest version so Uh, it's a good advantage to include the uh, typescript with your uh, development because this much of advantages are there so we have started our episode with the title like <laughs> effectively composing components as the concept but uh, we were now yet to start the, uh, discussing about components we were discussing about uh, typescript but uh, what i felt is uh, there are some advantages which typescript provides so i felt it's worth to mention some points about typescript you can learn more about typescript from the official documentation or other online tutorials you don't have to learn in depth about typescript what it is needed to just understand about how it works so uh, by doing a hello world or one or two sample programs which you will get from their documentation you will get a rough idea okay this language is working in this way and once that is done then you can straight away move to the react uh, coding because you can use that language there and when you as you progress with react development you will learn lot of newer features of typescript like the interface the uh, type Uh, types and uh, different enums and different things uh, you can uh, you can learn uh, uh, as you progress in react okay so last episode uh, we can uh, look into the components now last episode we have uh, created our app using the create react app with the parameter uh, the uh, double hyphen template typescript which created a typescript react project for us and we have also uh, noticed in the last episode we have splitted our application into two sections the front end and the back end 
and those of who uh, who are not familiar with those may listen that episode to get an overview the reason why we split the code base into two that is on the front end and the back end is uh, we split those into two sections but we included that in a single solution that means that there will be two folders front end and back end in that solution so different teams can work on it simultaneously back end comprises of the c sharp asp dotnet core web api uh, which is the part which serves data to the front end the react part and front end is our react application i hope you are already clear with this concept if you are not clear it uh, i request you to listen the previous episode as well so you will get a familiarity those episodes are uh, barely on our so you can listen that and understand about those concept so the the point is if you correctly created an app, react application using typescript most uh, the one thing you will notice is the dot tsx extension which means that that particular file is a typescript now in the first episode and the last episode we have used the create react app starter so i will talk a bit more about that and then we'll co- we come up to the component section so this create react app starter is a helpful addition for developers uh, particularly who want to quick start re- working with react because if you want to configure react it's different linting it's different webpack and other things it will take a lot of time so the team at uh, facebook understand this difficulty and they had come up with the create react app starter so it's uh, no it's a it can be called of a as a boilerplate but uh, it's more than boilerplate and it's a helpful addition and um, the command is npx space create react app uh, you can search that in google as well and that will give you the exact syntax the basic syntax is simpler as we discussed earlier i am again reiterating those points again because uh, those of you first time listening this episode will get an idea Uh, so npx space create react app space the react application name is what you need and you can this customize this create react app different ways to match the requirements of the organization uh, the last episode and the one which we were discussing about the typescript we have uh, enabled typescript support by uh, providing a parameter called uh, double hyphen then uh, la- template and typescript that means the create react app will create a react application with a typescript of the default language similar way you can make other customizations as well you can easily pass a proxy uh, or if some organization want a custom configuration what they can do is they can fork this create react app uh, and then create uh, a different configurations and everything and the other developers who are working who or who want to work with this can clone this particular fork which you created and they can work from that so this mean that means that the custom configurations will be maintained for those of the, the those of the developers who are using your clone uh, your version of the create react app so that way you can customize Uh, i think in the documentation it is mentioned and so you can go through there and you can learn that 
for a normal react developer they don't need to bother about these custom configurations and such thing they can directly use the create react app and they can dive into the development itself so they can learn more so once you created an application you can just run the application by npm space start uh, but what about if you are getting a react application from some of your friend and they are requesting you okay i, I have a react code base with me i want you to help me to start the application so you can how you can start the application is you can uh, go inside that particular folder of the uh, react application inside the command prompt most probably you can do that from the visual studio code itself by opening the terminal and then you can uh, provide the command npm space install this command means that it will indicate the particular uh, npm to restore all the dependencies and where is those dependencies mentioned is inside the create uh, inside the react application there is a a particular file called the package.json so if you open that you can view all the different dependencies that are part of your application this is similar like the um, package file in the dotnet application as well uh, if you install some nuget package or something uh, those particular file uh, entries will be added there uh, in the newer versions that particular um, particular dependency informations may be added in the project file so that may vary but the basic idea is there is a particular file there inside the react application called the package.json and that is the one responsible or the one helping this particular npm install to restore all the dependencies and that will do it will take some time to download the dependencies and once everything is completed the once the uh, dependencies are restored you can just start the application by running the npm start just we have covered about how we can uh, restore an application uh, react application if you have the code base now uh, we can entirely look into the um, components at this point of time i hope you may be started your application using the npm space start or if you already got the application you may be started that application using the npm install and then start the application uh, then might have you might have started the application using npm um, start so when you are running the page will load and now we can look into the component part you can open some component and you can understand about how it's working and everything and you can follow this uh, session as well and now i am going to explain about the component in particular the one reason why why the react became popular is because of the components so these components uh, help the web developers to build complex applications which consist of smaller smaller uh, testable and maintainable components uh, we already covered about component in the earlier episode but uh, just to reiterate the definition its component can be called as as a self contained module uh, which has its own logic and data Uh, not just the logic it has the data it has the style it has the view and everything so it can be thought of as a self contained if it means a login uh, component or a user profile component that means it includes everything which uh, is there to for it to display that particular component and you can focus on that particular component to 
to view everything related to that particular area and based on the data or the state the component uh, has it renders the view which uh, which can be you can uh, you already discussed uh, we already discussed about that the view means that it's a combination of html with javascript and this means that there is a javascript and html code combined which you can find inside the render method of the component and that particular uh, language is called the jsx that's the new syntax which uh, come out and you may have to pull logic to pull out data from the props and data and display vice versa so i will uh, on second clear this particular part means the component will have a state and the you can think the props as a kind of a properties or a parameters that other calling parties will provide to this particular component and uh, along with the props there is a uh, thing called the state as well and the state is um, is the on which is used for storing the particular user state for example if there is a tab component and if you want to store something in that particular component which tab the current user is in so you can store that information user uh, state related information inside the component and you can store other relevant information inside the component as well um uh we will come up with that point regarding the state management in component but uh, uh, just now understand that the component is a self contained thing and uh, a complex web application might have a long list of components like uh, in the facebook uh, it's mentioned that in one of the talk it is mentioned that there are around 30000 components in production and all the particular components are Uh, inside a single repository that is also interesting because you might think that okay there are different components but uh, is it in a different repository so no not that way the mono repository concept is was the facebook is following and all these 30000 components are inside the um, single uh, repository this is confirmed in a talk by dan uh you can uh, learn that uh, talk from his talks that how the internal react team are working on the facebook components and everything and uh, regarding the state management in components uh, we have just discussed about the user user tab state so the component can store something information like the user state or something and if you are planning to store something in state make sure that it's you should keep the minimal information and not the entire html or entire text inside the state uh, this happens because when a developer starts working on component and sometimes to display a button or label just is visible or is show like bool variable is sufficient and it can be used in the state to store that particular uh, show that particular button or not rather than storing a entire length of text in state the state similarly uh, if your component want to display something informational like the price or something based on quantity you can straight away use the value from the props that is inside the props there may be the price 
and there may be the quantity so you can straight away use the price multiply by quantity and display it instead of setting a different state variable and store this final result into that state variable and then display from there so some uh, developers go through that way uh, which is wrong they they calculate something and store that in the state and then from the state they will display that to the user so what happens is that if there is a value change occurs it will it will um, re-render that particular view which caused additional performance issues so as far as possible if there is no re-rendering required for displaying the data you can straight away use that from the uh, that particular props itself then storing from the state so it's recommended that you use only those values in state to track the user interface state and uh, for other things you should derive that from the properties itself uh, another thing that confused newcomers to react is where to store the state so you now learn that we can store the particular state inside the component itself you have the absolute freedom to store the state along with the component but imagine a situation where you have multiple components in your application and if you want to use the same data so this can be a triggering thought for considering uh, how we can manage the state outside a component because if there is a state inside a particular component that means other components find it difficult to use so we need to store the data outside of the components and that's the only reason why the state management patterns like the flux redux are getting popular so flux is the first pattern for state management that came out and later came redux and now there are other alternatives as well uh, which we will uh, think in the upcoming episodes but mainly mm, the uh, the one episode which i am planning next is the state management which deals with the redux in particular uh, redux is also kind of an outdated because uh, there are uh, later additions out there like the context api which is the recent version of react provides which you can use those to manage and uh, the different things than using redux but redux is also uh, used by a lot of organizations so we will discuss about the state management in particular and might be uh, there will be a talk on redux as well in the next episode that is the one which i am planning now again back we can see how we can use components to create uh, complex interfaces the idea here is you know there are uh, thousands of thousands of components like uh, the one which we uh, talked about in facebook about these 30000 components Uh, so the idea there is composing or arranging the components one after another in a different way uh, as per the requirement how the uh, client wants that and we arrange these particular um, components and display the data so that is the strategy we use and that particular strategy is called the composing in react so now we are going to compose the different components but uh, we need to understand that there are two types of components 
called the class components and the function components if you look into the com- on such component if there is a statement like a class something or extend something you can uh, uh, you can understand that that is a class component and similarly there are functional components so this class component is how the developers started working with react a few years back but class components has its limitations or what we can call more than limitation it we can call it as a side effect or kind of a disadvantages as we progress through development so the newest trend um, by the react team is suggesting is to go towards the stateless function components instead of class components they are always recommending Uh, new developers or new projects to use the function components and never use class components we will uh, see how uh this class components create issues uh, soon but uh, the thing is a few days back i got a, re- a few react application uh, which was created a few years back and those were using the class components a lot so similarly uh, when we look on some of the tutorials on react maybe earlier tutorials it is often uh, associated with the class component classes as well but you have to uh, understand that this class type approaches are now getting outdated and function based components are getting popular so the class components usually uh, how it works is we define the class components and there are a few life cycle methods inside that particular class methods like uh, for example you are uh, inside a component okay uh, maybe that is an user profile component and when that component is loaded or that when the user interface is loaded that means that particular uh, component has an associated life cycle method with it it means uh, we need to write the life cycle method inside those components like the component did mount component edit add mount then component update when we want to update something on a particular component in a label or something we need to write code inside the component did update method so that means that we have to write different life cycle methods uh, so uh, once again i will explain this like uh, imagine a picture component so when the component is loaded or in the react term you can call this as mount there is a associated method called the component did mount and you can write code inside that did mount method to load a picture from some url or somewhere and similarly when the user is interacting with that component you might need to load another url or something and for that there is a method called there is a life cycle component life cycle method called component did update uh, so there you write the code for the updation logic so similarly when the co- uh, component gets unload or the when the user navigates to different area you need to unload that particular component as well so you write those particular codes in the component did unmount something so that means for every particular action inside a component you write the associated logic inside the life cycle method so this way of writing components using class and its life cycle methods uh, are no longer recommended by the react team so it's an kind of an outdated approach and you need to use a different strategy which is called the hooks but uh, but we need to understand one more thing we can come up to the hooks part later 
uh, in this episode uh, you have to just keep in mind that this uh, class based approach is getting outdated but for the purpose of information uh, i i will explain how the earlier developers used class components and which patterns they were used in their development so that will give you a uh, understanding of how these things works so and that means if uh, you are curious to know how the earlier developers using class components might be the two years back the react uh, team came up with the hooks two years back so before that how the developers were using this class components we understood that class component is getting outdated and no longer um, recommended by the team but we were curious to know how they were written the code and for that it's worth to understand the container and presentational patterns so the it's this pattern is the one way by which they used for composing the interfaces um, so we understood that there is a mechanism called the props inside a component and that is the way by which one component pass data to another component and so on so in the react there can be a top component called the owner or the parent component which can call its children component and the way on component share data to another is the one through props the one which we just discussed so using props in component allows other component to send values to that particular component and that is a cleaner way of passing data uh, to understand from a real component example so imagine that there is a user profile component which has a child component called the picture component so here the user profile component is calling called the owner or the parent component and it passes data through props to the child components like the picture component so this is one way of passing data so the props are a way to decouple the components from each other and create a clean and well defined interfaces also uh, related to this prop there is a special prop called the children prop where you can use to pass data from a parent to child uh, this happens when for example if you want to use a button with the same class name in multiple part of your application but we also want to able to display more than a simple string there so in that case you can use the children approach like uh, you can pass the entire um, entire html in using that particular from the top parent component and that way you can use the children uh, prop as well so we have understood that there are props there are children prop and there are top components that can pass data to the child components through the uh, through the props and that is a clean way and now we can uh, a bit look deeper into the uh, how the how what type of patterns our earlier developers used for uh composing the components using the class approach so there they used the container and presentational patterns so the container uh, means it's it knows everything about the logic of the component and that is the place where the apis or the external services are called and it also that particular component also deals that particular part uh, also deals with the data manipulation and event handling and everything so that is the top part called the container once again the container can be called off as a parent like component and it is responsible for uh, 
calling the different apis or the external interfaces some some might be your application needs some data from an external api maybe twitter or anything any any, any api can be and this part this container part is the part where it deals with the, the logic about the component uh, and where the apis are called and it also deals with the uh, that data manipulation and event handling as well and the presentational component is where the ui is defined and how it receives data in the form of props from the main part that is the one just we discussed that is the container part so the two parts are there in the container and presentational pattern the uh, the idea is very simple to understand the container is responsible for pulling data from the apis or somewhere it also deals with the data manipulation and even handling as well and the presentational component is responsible for receiving data from the container in the form of props the prop is a cleaner way to receive the data and then it will present the component so the idea here is the presentational component it's it's responsibility is just to present the data so it should be usually logical logic free and we can also um, uh, can be think that when it gets logic free we can purely use a functional or stateless component here so we have just learned that the newer approach is going towards functional stateless component but the earlier uh, uh developers react developers were using this container and presentational pattern in that the presentational part is the only uh, functional stateless component there are situations where the container also can be functional provided uh, depending upon the uh, nature of the application but basically the container is responsible for pulling logic and everything uh, so it also deals with the data manipulation part so there required some life cycle methods there so the users or the developers are forced to use the class class component there in the container and for the presentational part where the only purpose is to present the data it receives the data in the form of the props and the particular props will be uh, prop based functional components will be used for displaying the data so this stateless functional components are a, a excellent ways to define the uis and because of they not having a state these are called the pure functions so the other component are giving is a state to it and it just uh, return the element of it so in this approach the main problem is to decide what goes inside the container what goes inside the presentational component and the developer need to figure out those things and those are not straight forward uh, but there are certain things which can help to clear out the responsibilities for the container and the presentational so this container uh, is mostly related to calling the apis and to manipulate data and they also have the even handlers in place so and they also render their presentational components as well and they are usually the container components are written as classes and they are particularly concerned with the overall behavior of the Uh, that particular uh, page or something um, and the presentational part are more concerned with how that particular uh, thing will be rep- represented to the user and it usually consists of the html marker of or the other components 
it can also have other components and this particular presentational components are purely functional stateless components and th those receive data from the parent this uh, this container components uh, in the form of props uh, here the problem which the earlier developers faced is it, it, with the container and presentational pattern uh, things look fine but still there are a lot of extra codes out there uh, codes were there but still somehow they were developing but there when the problem that what happens if they want to share the logic between components we know that there will be multiple components and what happens if we want to share the logic between the different components so the earlier approach is uh, which uh, many of the developers used not recently many years uh, two three years back uh, they were using the mixins so th that somehow solved the issue but um, after some time based on the feedback it understood that actually this mixins create a lot of extra problems than the solutions so the react team came up with an uh, indication that no one should use mixin uh, we should avoid mixin and they uh, they withdraw mixins from the production and that's how well, the mixin is not recommended but there are other alternative ways like the higher order components or a function as a child pattern so this higher order component is a way by which the a function takes a component and returns an enhanced one so this can be think of as a function that takes on component as input and returns a enhanced uh, component as output or we could compose components dynamically by following the function as a child pattern so here this container and presentational patterns along with the higher order components solved to some extent this uh, sharing issue but still there were issues because there required logic to be reused between uh, multiple components the main things using a higher order components is and the, uh, the, their associated uh, other components is the render props but these patterns are good the but the main problem which developers faced is it leads to a lot of wrapper hell like uh, uh, one component trees looks like an en endless bunch of data which they not hard to because it will be storing data of another one and this uh, class uh, components you know they have different uh, life cycle methods and if it has a lot of logic associated with it for example if uh, uh, when you are loading a component it has a uh, it has a need for calling some network request uh, or something or subscribing to something then the responsibility of that component creator is to um, is at the time of the component uh, unmounting we need to write the unsubscribing or the network release logic there inside the component did mount etc uh, whatever the same way we called a particular request and we connected to something we need to do the same reverse in the component did unmount also so that always created a problem and the another on confusion which many developers faced is uh, they were creating a class component uh, 
and they were not sure whether we need to convert this to a particular function component or they were initially creating a functional component and they were thinking okay okay at a, a later point of time maybe because of client requirement change or something and thus we need to convert this to class component or so so we were discussing about all those issues which the earlier developers placed with the class components and um, that is what we are discussing that we have discussed a, a few components like a sharing logic there will be problem and the different logics like the component did mount a compound and unmount so we need to release all those things otherwise it creates a lot of memory leak and other issues we need to uh, set up the event listener for example if we add a listener event listener inside a component we need to add that in the component did mount but at the same time we need to Uh, remove that particular event listener uh, after the component did add mount also otherwise it will lead either to the memory leak or some issues not particularly for the event listener might be uh, for some other uh, performance specific areas especially while we open a file or something and if we fail to remove that that may cause some other issues so there were always issues with the class components and the problem here is these different problems the react team said that these are can be uh, we have seen that the uh, we can imagine these are different problem but these are actually a symptoms of a single problem because uh, the problem with the uh, react had two years back is uh, if we want to use a state we need to resort to the class component or we need to use class component in our application otherwise we can't use a state so that is one of a limitation that they react had two years back but uh, the earlier developers were solving this with the uh, kind of a kind of mixins they used but then the mixins were no longer recommended by the react team and they were using higher order components but they came the react team two years back came up with an interesting thing called the hooks so the these hooks were came out to solve this issue um related to that uh, stateful uh, for a stateful part to use in our component we should resort to class component so that is a limitation we had with the earlier versions of react so the hooks came up with to solve those issues so the the um, uh, thing is um, when you are listening this podcast uh, or if you are create work trying to create a working in a new project make sure to always use hooks with the functional component instead of the class components so at the time of listening this podcast even uh, when you look on some of the existing projects that are written in react might be you have seen the class components there because that was the older strategy that the teams were using but the newer strategy is to entirely uh, revamp uh, or uh, we use purely stateless function components with hooks because we can use hook, uh, hooks to create state with the functional component we can use hook to add the event handlers event uh, handlers and other things we can use the hook to add a particular um, 
API call or something to our component. So that way we can use hooks for everything inside a functional component and no longer require the outdated approach of using a class component and using the different lifecycle methods to do the different scenarios. You can instead using the hook and uh, hooks provide a cleaner approach. If you if you watch the different sessions related to hooks, you can understand that how much cleaner you can write. The React team, they um, they are saying that around 90% of the code can be made cleaner with the use of uh, the React hook. So this provides a problem because uh, um, today I had a talk with one of my friends re- related to this, like uh, the usage of class component. And uh, we were discussing that, okay, uh, many of the existing applications are, we are having this class component and how, uh, how in an organization, this particular class components can be uh, converted to a uh, functional components because it demands a lot of rework. So there is, of course, a rework there, but the uh, strategy there is, uh, if we can convert the existing class components to the function components uh, and we can reduce code to a much extent and also the code becomes much cleaner and difficult to understand so in the class component we have the component did mount component uh, uh, did update etc and we were able to use state inside that class component itself but now the hooks are available there so even if we have a functional component, we can use the use a hook like the use state is kind of hook. You can search called the use state and it's a kind of a hook and you can uh, use that particular hook to call uh, set the state in a functional component. So similarly, if we want to update view in a component, we can use the use effect hook uh, by which we can include the JavaScript or TypeScript logic. Uh, to what should happen to the particular view. Um, so if you are imagine, if you want to have a practical example of how this works out, imagine that you, you are viewing a, you viewing a component and when the user resize the page, you want a particular label to update. So the easier way to do this is to use an effect and you can assign that particular label with there. And you can also use multiple effect within the same component. And the um, this effect will handle of the initial and the updated logic there. So at the initial time, it will use that particular use effect. And at that uh, time of update also, it will use the uh, use effect. Um, so use effect, effect is an interesting uh, hook. And it works for the initial and the update logic. If you think about the, if you compare the code of the functional component, with a use effect there will be a single use effect which you can use to both for the initial and update logic but if you look into the class component you have to write those logic both separately inside the component did mount and the component did update uh, for the case of if you want to update something a label on the um, on the initial as well as the uh, update time 
of that particular component you need to write the logic on both area but you by using the hooks uh, called the react use effect uh, uh, called the use effect so the hooks has a particular naming convention in place like the use effect so b- basically most of the hooks will start with the use keyword so use uh, effect is a hook which you can use and it will works for the initial and the update logic so there is no need for separately including logic as in the case of class component like the component did mount and component did update and this makes code simpler and easier to understand so another thing that we can use in hook is you can pass a return arrow function to clear down the resources as well so this is another interesting strategy so inside the use effect we can uh, we can for example if you want to call some api or if you want to uh, read something from a file or some somewhere whatever uh, the logic will be you can you can write it stra- uh, you can write the code straight away inside the use effect and it will both apply for the initial and the update logic and this particular use effect has a return which you can provide using an arrow function if if you want to clear down the resource so clear down the resource is also important because to avoid the memory leak and such issues so if you provide an arrow function as to uh, clear down resource or uh, free up some resource or something you can write that particular logic inside the same use effect hook with a return arrow function so that means a single use effect will hold the initial logic as well as the clear down logic so this clear down logic is optional if you provide it will clear down so you can relate this clear down logic to the component did unmount method so in the cl- if you are using the class component you need to explicitly write the component did mount uh, method and you need to call that particular life cycle method and need to write the code for freeing up the logic there so that uh, writing is fine but the thing is your code is written in both separate areas like the component did mount is there then the component did uh, unmount is there so separate areas you are writing uh, so that means if you want to relate uh, the codes for uh, initial thing and for freeing up you need to look on both different areas to find out what is happening so if it is there in a common area like just we have seen in the use effect there is an option by which you can pass the initial um, logic as well as the clear up logic uh, using an arrow function so that means the code is much cleaner and simpler and easily readable and the, if you provide an arrow function react will automatically call the cleanup code when it does that component unmounting so the idea here is the main thing here is in hooks we separate code not based on the life cycle method but based on what the code is doing that is the main uh, difference in the in the uh, class approach we use the life cycle method but in the hooks we Uh, separate the code based on what the code is doing so we can use the hooks and that sometimes can make components larger that is perfectly okay but uh, sometimes even if you use the hooks and if you want to reuse the logic then that is much simpler with the hooks because uh, we are using a pure stateless function component so you can just extract that particular logic to a different function and test it separately uh, 
the interesting thing is hooks are just a function calls so and the components are just a function so uh, you extract if you want to share between two function you extract it to a different function and you can call so the uh, the procedure is like this create a new function and just return the that part what the part that particular function is going to return uh, we are just extracting and separating the function uh, by and using a custom hook and um, it is important that we should use the use uh, strategy first because it's an important convention in place and we should always use that particular um, use uh, strategy at the use uh, standard at the first uh, smaller use uh, at the first so that the uh, we can define the custom hooks uh, if we want to extract that part, uh, particular logic and if you want to reuse so this custom functions are purely this javascript function they can take arguments and return values or not return so this uh, hooks are not new and uh, new for the developers but what it means that uh, there were certain issues with the components and these hooks were in, in fact a way to solve these issues so this is not new it's around two years back it's um, uh, it's there in, with the react and you can directly use that so uh, these are the ways so the idea here is when you are composing components always make it a point to use the newest trend like the functional component functional stateless component and we have discussed about the state management here in the state management if uh, you want to store something in component you have the absolute freedom to do that but based on the requirement of the uh, component uh, or the application you may need to store your state in a separate area and that is how the different state management systems like the react uh, this redux and flux came out and the recent trend is the context api um, so we have also seen how this uh, functional component can clean up the code with the help of hooks so make it a point to use the functional component uh, always uh, with the with the help of hooks uh, because with the help of hooks you can easily implement almost a, a class type behaviors here you don't need to use the um, class components and use the different uh, life cycle methods to call the different uh, dif uh, to do the different logic and different adaptations you can straight away you, you can use the functional components and you can use the hooks and use that use those uh, combination to create an application with a much more uh, reduced code and more than um, this uh, code reduction the one important thing which you feel is you can it makes use of hooks makes the code more readable just like the one example which we have seen in the use effect hook we can provide an arrow function to clean up the resource as well so ideally when you read it's very easy to understand and same way if you want to uh, reuse the logic between different components and that is the one problem which we were earlier discussing using the class components so that was a limitation with the class component how we can separate the uh, or how we can share the logic between components and in the class there was it was difficult and the and the initial trend was using the mixins but they were not used then 
സോറി അപ്പോളജീസ് ഇറ്റ്സ് ദാറ്റ് വെർ നോട്ട് റെക്കമെൻഡഡ് ബൈ ദ റിയാക്ട് ടീം ബിക്കോസ് ദാറ്റ് ക്രിയേറ്റഡ് എ ലോട്ട് ഓഫ് ഇഷ്യൂസ് ദാൻ വാട്ട് Uh, than what it is trying to solve so that is why uh, the mixins were not recommended so it's the recommended strategy is to use the functional components with the stateless behavior and the state can be uh, stored within a component it's fine or um, using a hook you can store the state or you can store the state in a separate um, area like uh, the patterns of flux and redux used in the next episode we will be discussing mainly about particularly related to state how uh, we can store the state and we how we will be discussing prob- most probably we will be discussing about the redux as well and uh, the i try to cover the conduct api as well uh, a bit idea and might be i am not sure uh, might be uh maybe uh um, we need a one more episode to talk about the context api uh, in detail um but next episode will be a state management and uh, pro- most probably redux will be explained there so we wind up with one more uh, reiteration of the uh, benefit that come this uh, functional component provide that uh, it's uh, if you want to extract some logic just create a new function and re- just return that function with that particular logic because we are just ex- ex- uh, uh, if you want to share the logic uh, between two function you just extract it to a different function and call it from there so this way you can reuse between different components so and uh, that's the one way they solved uh, this uh, sharing issue limitation of the uh, components so i hope uh, you uh, find this episode useful uh, if you like this episode and if you feel to listen more um, this podcast will be available on all podcast platforms like uh, apple podcast spotify then google and much more so depending upon your liking you can listen from any of the uh, podcasting platforms as you like uh, so all the opinions that i expressed through this podcast are purely personal and do not represent any of the employees view in any way with that uh, let's find this episode and today the date is uh, 28th of february uh, and uh, have a nice day thanks for listening uh, thank you very much for listening